We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Welcome back to the show, my friend. And if this is your first time tuning in, thanks for hanging out with me. Today, I am talking with my friend Jody, but I just want to give you a little heads up if the uh, audio right now is at all questionable. It's because I am recording this intro from a tiny little Airbnb bedroom slash closet situation uh, because we realized at the last minute that I never recorded an intro for this episode when we finalized it. And so we're making it happen really quick so that we can make sure it's ready to get, ready to go. But you know what? I had to laugh because I felt like it was the most appropriate uh, intro and situation for this episode specifically because Jody and I talked a lot about life on the go and kind of the the craziness of that, the chaos of it, uh, learning to create rhythms of rest in the midst of it and not go completely crazy and stress out. Um, We talked about dancing it out instead of stressing out uh, and all that comes with a busy lifestyle. So if you have a life on the go and you're also in the process of chasing dreams and trying to figure out your thing and how it's all going to work together, we are with you. We see you. We hear you. And that's really what we cover in this episode. Uh, Jody shared a lot of her story. She's part of a band, Loving the Outcome. And she, uh, she and her husband are a husband and wife duo, super cute. If you haven't checked them out, trust me, you're going to love them. Um, but, you know, we talked about the not only rest and creating rhythms that help uh, kind of, I guess, create some normalcy in the midst of craziness and busyness in our lives. But we also talked about uh, how the long road and the sometimes non-linear road isn't necessarily the wrong road. When we are on a journey to figuring it out, figuring out you know what it is that we want to do with our lives or that we're called to do in our lives or uh, pursuing a dream that's been put on our heart but it's taking a while, how it can sometimes be discouraging and how sometimes you have to get creative as to how you support that calling or as to how you make that happen. And so Jody's story is not only encouraging but also I think really uh challenging and it reminds us what it looks like to actually pursue a dream to actually pursue what we're called to do and to step into that fully and wholeheartedly so we cover a lot in this episode but if you are a busy gal if you are on the go if you're in the process of chasing dreams and it's just feeling a little non-linear or kind of like it's taking a while this is the episode from you for you not from you (laughs) this is the episode for you Uh, I just know it's gonna bless your life so without further ado here is my conversation with Jody. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Jody, welcome to the show. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is so fun to have you. I'm so glad that I think you reached out on Instagram or somehow we connected on Instagram. And I feel like that's like the place everybody connects now. (laughs) I know when you responded back, though, I was like, babe, babe, Jordan just responded to me. I was like (laughs) fangirling hard. But you're right. Instagram's kind of the spot for that. I love how you can reach out. I know it's it's really a cool tool. And I'm glad that now it has brought us together. And here we are. Me too. Swapping podcast shows. I think it's so fun. I love, I love getting to meet other people who are in the podcast space because I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like it's still somewhat of a new medium. Like I think it's the new media in some ways and it's kind of a space we're all pioneering, like given all the technical error or difficulties we literally just had. (laughs) Oh girl. I know. I feel the same way and we're really new to it. I don't know how long you've been doing it, but Chris and I have done like 15 episodes. Okay. So I feel like we're just totally learning a ton right now. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been doing it, let's see, right as we're recording about eight, 
to nine months. Um, okay. But it still feels super new to me. Like I feel like there's always new things I'm discovering and new ideas and all of that. But um, yeah, it's just like a learning curve. It's a different thing, but really, I actually really love it. I don't know if you love podcasting, but um, I feel like it's probably one of my favorite ways to create content because it's like you can pack a lot of value into something and really get to know somebody on the phone rather than, you know, just via email or whatever. But also you don't have to like get completely ready and you can just kind of do it throughout your day. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I hear you. I also love it because I find as I'm listening to podcasts, sometimes it's like being let into a conversation you haven't even had yet, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like putting words to thoughts that you're like, man, I've been thinking about that. This was so helpful. Mm. So yeah, especially with the life on the go, it's just a really nice way to just, Mm. yeah, gain some more knowledge. I'm totally with you. I'm loving it. So true. And you know what it's like to live a life on the go. You literally, didn't you just tell me when we started recording that you just got back from a show last night? Yeah, we literally drove, well, Chris drove us, my husband drove us through the night. Um, We have two little boys, three and two. So we have this little, it looks like a box truck from the outside, but you get in and you're like, how is there this much space? There's like six full bunks, Hmm. tiny little kitchen. And so we played in Miami and Dayton, Ohio, not super great routing, but we played the shows (laughs) (laughs) and had to be back first thing today. So Chris drove us through the night and here we are. Oh my gosh. I, I get that much more than I did before I went on book tour. <laughs> I definitely get that. Yeah. Life you a little were bit on more. the move. Oh my you gosh. Going. Yes. Yes. And it's still kind of going, but it was a, it was like a 10 day sprint. I feel like, um, yeah. which I'm sure you're familiar with, but now it's a little bit more like sporadic. There's still additional stops, but they're not all back to back to back. So I can breathe yeah. a little in between, but <laughs> anyways, that's so important, man. You can only keep that up for so long. It's so true. And life on the go. I think life on the go relates whether or not you're on a tour too. I feel like so many women listening to this are like, I am constantly in my car or yep. walking somewhere or tra- like traveling somewhere for work. Like I think I have found a large part of my audience is often very much living an on the go lifestyle. So I think yep. that is very relevant and a huge reason why I wanted to even do this. So Anyways, awesome. well, before we even like kind of dive into, I have a lot of things I'm curious about, and I think our, our listeners are going to be excited to hear about from you. But my first question, just to kind of like, well, we've already talked about a lot, but one thing I'm just curious of, especially when I talk with, you know, musicians and music artists is what is your favorite song right now? Like, I feel like you're very busy and, you know, involved in the music um, creation process. So what kind of music are you mm. liking or consuming or do you have a favorite song? Oh man. So right now we've been trying to dance it out at home instead of stress out. Mm, So good. (laughs) And it's been a big deal for us. I think, um, when you don't have kids, like before I had kids, especially working with my husband, we could kind of get into just this downhill spiral of stress Mm -hmm. once in a while. And you always take your work home because you're always with each other. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time I love that. I love the dreaming side of that and taking a walk around the block and planning a new set list and going, Oh man, I never thought of putting that song there. I love that. Hmm. That part is such a win. The real downside is not having a boundary around that sometimes because our boys are around now. And so if something hits hard and out of the blue, I have to really be careful because I just want my kids, I don't mind them seeing me, you know, be hit hard and have real feelings, Mm -hmm. but I want them to see me handle stress well. Hmm. And um, I don't know, that's hard to do. It's a lot harder Mm -hmm. than I thought when you have these little ones watching and Milo's three and he just started saying things like, are you okay, mama? Like he'll pick it up pretty mm-hmm. fast just mm-hmm. from my body language and so Chris and I just had a quick powwow during nap time we're like what's a real tangible easy way we can try and flip the switch you mm-hmm. know and we'll get to it we'll talk it out later let's get to the root of it mm-hmm. but in the moment you know what it's it's gonna be okay we have each other let's turn on a dance song so now we have just like a playlist mm-hmm. of songs that are heavily loaded with the most fun Coldplay songs because we just never get sick of Coldplay <laughs> ever. And um, Paradise is our kids' like favorite jam. So Aww, yeah, I love that. Yeah, we just turn on the dance playlist and just kind of rock it out. And before you know it, it's like the stress is a lot smaller. Hmm. That's so good. I love that you said dance it out versus stress it out. <laughs> or stress mm-hmm. out um, because yeah. that, that is a tangible and it's something you can actually channel that energy, that stress energy to in the moment. And I think that's really good for anyone who's in a season of just craziness or feeling yeah. easily overwhelmed and kind of having more, I love that it's more like 
what's our response when this comes up versus how are we just mm-hmm. going to react? Like, I don't think because yes. reactions aren't usually very planned or intentional, but you can kind of plan yeah. a response. And if you make it positive and fun, there's some mm-hmm. sort of power in that. I feel like that's pretty awesome. You're totally right. It's it's been really key for me to have those tangible things just because my rea- my gut reactions aren't always that pretty. And so, mm, yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, girl, right? Oh, man. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, I mean, I'm trying to be a normal human, but I've just lost my brain. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially, uh, it's like, I, I don't know if you find this, but it is a real thing that it's really tough to do things well when you're tired. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. You know what yeah. I heard? This could be totally off base. So this, and I don't know how much it relates, but it reminded me of a, st- a statistic I recently heard where I don't remember exactly what it was. It was in the context of talking about like people getting into car accidents and they Mm. said texting and or driving tired is just as bad as driving drunk. Like it can be just as dangerous, which you think you don't think it is like you think one is worse than the other, but for that to be compared to that, at least, I mean, I don't know like how legit that study was, but still, even if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? So I think in some ways, driving our life on, you know, overwhelm or, you know, operating from a place of being tired all the time, it's really easy to, you know, not be able to have the same way to make those quick adjustments to veer off to the right and kind of go in this downward spiral. Um, rather than staying focused. (laughs) Really? Okay, good. I feel like I'm crazy saying that, but (laughs) no girl, I I feel it. Um, we actually on our Sabbath day, which is whatever day it falls on because of tour life, but we literally don't turn on our phones or our computers or drive anywhere Mm. for that exact reason. Cause we're tired, but there's a way to tap into soul refreshment. Mm. I feel like even when you're tired, when you kind of take away some of those things that take away energy, And, um, so that's just been a tangible little thing that we've done for a long time. Mm. Um, I think since we first got married really and hit the road, it was like, okay, if it's Monday, it's Monday, if it's whatever day, but let's just, um, walk. If we can't Mm -hmm. walk, let's not do it. Yeah. That's good. So good. I love it. Okay. So I want to back up just a little bit. I know this is, this is actually like a really good topic, so I'm happy to park here as long as I, as you want, but I also think <laughs> I kind of want the listeners to know a little bit more of your story too, because I think that gives a lot of yeah. context. So I'm always curious if there's a story or so, source of some sort of like meet cute, you know, when a couple's meet. So yeah. tell me about the moment you met your husband. I mean, the hero has <laughs> driven you through the night. So let's talk about him a little. <laughs> he is a hero. Oh man. He does the laundry. He does so many things. Um, so basically in a nutshell, um, he's hot and he loves Jesus. And that was my whole list. Like for real, that was what I was after. <laughs> and so just keeping it really simple, I, I am a music freak and so is he. And so I was at this show, um, sounds so cliche, but he was in this British rock band. Do you mm. remember Delirious back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, you know, there's a, he wasn't in that band, but that's what okay. they were trying to sort of embody. Okay. But they would play in clubs across Canada where we're from. Um, cause in Canada, there's just a lot of, if you're a musician and you're trying to live, you just play like anywhere and everywhere. There's no kind of boundary lines around if you're, you know, a believer or a Christian, you only play churches. We mm. both played all over the place. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so important. I always say sometimes we like put ourselves into one box or the other, you know, like the secular yeah. sacred divide, but actually yeah. going into multiple different spaces, I think is incredibly powerful. So I love that. I agree with you because that's such a man-made thing. Like I just don't mm-hmm. think God operates like that at mm-hmm. all. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, a scary, um, habit to create, like only know how to, how mm-hmm. to communicate in certain spots and not just like share your heart. Right. But yeah. So anyway, I was watching him, um, play the bass guitar and he, people say he looks like a young sting and I, I think <laughs> it's true. And so I just fell in love. He was playing bass, singing his heart out and it's just hot seeing someone do what they love to do. Mm. And, um, so I just became a groupie. I, I bought the shirts and the CDs <laughs> and all of it. And then we actually got hired to um, kind of join this, if Arcade Fire was like a worship collective, that's sort of what we were in. And it was this sort of 10-person band that led worship in the middle of um, the biggest cities across Canada, which doesn't happen a lot. And um, we just would rent out a theater and go put on this worship night and pack it out. So mm-hmm. his band got hired to do that, and I got hired to play keys and sing. So we ended up being in a band together in a minivan, um, touring across the country and doing what we love to do. And we just became really good buddies. He was dating, I was dating and just became really good friends and saw each other for real. Cause in a 15 passenger, there's no space. Hmm. 
So you really, really can't fake anything. Right, right. Um, so which was a real blessing because I got to know the real him. And uh, anyway, yeah, he totally won me over. And uh, long story short, we got married. His drummer quit his band. And I for real traded in my trumpet that I was not super cool and didn't I didn't love playing it. And I <laughs> traded it in at my pawn shop for drums. That's awesome. And I was like, babe let's like, we should do this together. What do you think? Do you want to be in my band for real? And so we just started with one weekend and he filled in um, for my guitar player and played all the instruments. Cause he's good like that. Mm. And we hit the road for one weekend and we never, we honestly never really wanted to come home. Mm. We were living in this little bachelor apartment, downtown Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, where we're from, which is eight hours from the next city. Mm. So it's tough. It's a almost impossible place to live and be a touring musician. Mm, yeah. So the fact that we didn't have to come home, home was wherever we were. Mm. was incredible. And um, so, yeah, that's how it began. Just we kept saying yes to shows and we kept staying out on the road and we weren't making a lot of money, um, but there was a lot of fruit. And it was just that knowing that we had to ditch the backup plans. And this is like a really condensed version, but we were still both holding down day jobs when we first started mm. doing this. We'd play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, drive through the night home from Calgary, which is about 13 hours on pizza and make it home for our day job. <laughs> the essentials. Yeah, the, the essentials, exactly. Yeah. So for a long time, we maintained that because we weren't mm. making enough money on the road to to quit the day jobs. Right. Yeah, that's anyway, crazy. Well, so. I love that. I love the story of how that kind of happened. You, I guess the first time playing together as artists, I guess, per se, but also yeah. the scrappiness of like, okay, this is a dream. We want to do this together. My husband and I are huge on dreaming together. And, you know, I love that you almost had that like, okay, this is a season where it's not supporting us, but we're going to hustle after it and just pursue this thing together and play these shows and have a heck of a good time with it and yep. support ourselves. Cause I think I love when that's part of the story is told with anyone who's now like doing something full time or who's had yep. some success in something, because I think so many people feel this pressure to like quit everything and like pursue your dream. And to some degree, I think there is some risk taking that is involved, right? There comes a point where yeah. you can't just, you know, stay in one area. You you don't want to just stay somewhere because it's familiar um, yes. or because you're comfortable. But at the same time, there is this wisdom in like, okay, I still have to eat and I still need to like support myself. And so how do I start working exactly. toward that dream and kind of get through the scrappy season? You know what I mean? And I oh, love girl, that you did I it together. Feel you. <laughs> I so feel you. To be honest, I would not still be doing music without my husband that's how connected we hmm. had to become for this dream to happen he was my biggest fan and it's so funny I have confidence for days for other people but when it's I don't know when Same. it's in my area of dreaming <laughs> yeah the courage is tougher and it, I mean courage comes from that French word like core which is heart so mm -hmm. it's like you're putting your heart on the line mm -hmm. and for whatever reason it was just tricky for me to believe there was something there being a woman being in Canada, I had no examples. So mm -hmm. I felt like I was just completely in the wild, which we all are, you know, mm -hmm. but it, I, I was looking to like my mom's Amy Grant vinyl. It's like, okay, that's not super. I mean, I got to meet her now. She's incredible, but yeah. there was nobody like walking the steps with mm -hmm. me that I could go, oh man, point to that and go, I want to do that. Yes. So turning the hobby into a paycheck was crazy. And I totally want to want to agree with you on that though. I posted just off the cuff a couple weeks weeks ago that your passion does not have to be your paycheck. Mm -hmm. it, it Literally my whole be. thing. Yes. Yes. Girl. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to talk to you about that because yeah, it's, it's almost when I found that my passion was my paycheck, it got a bit cray for mm -hmm. a second. Mm -hmm. I was like, now there's pressure yep. and now I have to perform. And now all the things that are the dream coming true come with a whole bunch of other aspects that are hard to maintain. So mm -hmm. anyway, we did not rush to that finish line because in Canada, it's the long road. It's hmm. just a huge country. It's slow. And the Lord really showed us the long road is not the wrong road. Hmm. I love that. It's just not. Yeah. And so for anyone listening, like if you're feeling like, cause in this Insta world, like mm -hmm. instantaneous Instagram world, which I love and also have to take breaks from mm -hmm. it's, it's really challenging because it presents this false reality of yeah. like, I'm just going to post this thing. And Hey, sometimes it happens and like more power to you. If something you sang on YouTube, like mm -hmm. blew up for you, but 
then now you're in the trenches of what to do with that, how to steward that. But for us, that was just not our story. It was slow. It was really slow. And I was really annoyed, Mm -hmm. honestly, with how slow it was. Mm -hmm. But now I look back and it's like, okay, the long road isn't the wrong road. I see that now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. And I often, I want to add to that, that the nonlinear road is also not the wrong road because I think sometimes we can feel like I was looking back at the last several years. I actually was recently interviewed and someone's like, yeah, it kind of seems like you had success overnight. And I like kind of almost had to like (laughs) stop myself from laughing out loud. I was like, yeah, there's also a lot of things that were never out there. Um, okay. Um, but you know, I looked back at, I have a very nonlinear journey and it also has been kind of a long time coming to kind of be like, what am I actually really wanting to do? Like, what does that sure. actually look like? Like, how do I take, you know, it is that, that challenge. And that's why I always say like, take the pressure off yourself to mm-hmm. um, make your passion, your paycheck, whether it's music yeah. or blogging or, you know, whatever it is, I don't know. And, um, but you know, I think if that happens, that's great. And even if there's a way to, I feel like the best place is when it can be when you learn to steward and navigate that well, but I think if you, especially if you're multi-passionate or you've had a lot of different experiences, like that's kind of been my journey. It's not been like yeah. one straight path. Um, totally. And I think a lot of women are like, well, everything I've been doing just feels so random. You know what I mean? Like it's been this <laughs> long road of trying to figure it out and I don't know my thing, but I've done a lot of things. And you know, when yeah. I worked in the doctor's office versus when I was a photographer versus when I did this, all these things seem so random. What could they possibly mean? Right. And so yeah. I think if either it's taking too long or this all seems random, but now, I mean, I think both from both of our perspectives, we can probably both speak into that to some degree, mm. just like what you said, because with me, 100%. I'm like, wait a second, when I worked for that wedding venue, that actually informed my content creation and mar- mar- social media marketing skills. Like when I did all their socials and when I did photography, 100%. that actually taught me like how to get, create good brand imagery. And oh, when I blogged for two years about stuff that I, you know, didn't really know what to t- like, where to I wasn't monetizing that, you know what I mean? But I was like, but I created my writing skills and all those pieces of our journey that seem like they're taking so long or like they're so random or like we look crazy because we haven't given it up and we really haven't figured it out yet. Those things I think are what shape us, even if they aren't the paycheck, you know what I mean? I so agree. I mean, honestly, Chris and I have been between records, Hmm. so it's a really you can probably relate. The life of an entrepreneur is just, Mm -hmm. it's never just linear. It's Mm -hmm. up and down, there's highs and lows. And it's really tough. You have to like figure out how to, you know, climb the ladder and reach your goals, but not Mm -hmm. have that be your identity. Like how do you try and reach those goals, but then stay open-handed about the path and still release. Anyway, it's so challenging. And so in these two years that we've been more off the road, because I mean, we've been in Nashville, six years. And Mm. the first three years um, were actually when we became a band. We were separate bands until we got Mm. here and signed our record deal. Mm. And so we signed our record deal and hit the ground running. We played 200 shows a year for three years straight. (laughs) It was insane. I lost my voice for the first time, like just Mm. a ton of highs and then a ton of lows that Mm. I wasn't expecting or very prepared for. Mm. And so now we find ourselves with this home life Mm. and we're like, Oh, what, what, what is this? What, do we, what is this? <laughs> I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to balance. I know how to balance life is three days. Hmm. I'm home Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I pack life into those three days hmm. and we hit the road again and we found rhythm in that. And hmm. then all of a sudden having a lot more days at home, it threw the achiever. Like I'm a three on the Enneagram. I am too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Girl. Like okay, if my, Matt says my face should be in by the, by the definition in the Enneagram, like, <laughs> vault or whatever he's like (laughs) if if there was a picture of someone it would be you (laughs) I so feel you like we only touched on the Enneagram like the last two or three years we got into it a little Mm -hmm, bit and oh my gosh what a tool like Mm -hmm. what an incredible tool and it just helped me not feel actually as crazy like it helped me identify the crazy and go oh, okay. That's okay. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I be healthy? Yes. And cause sometimes I think I'm so busy trying to be the best version of myself. I don't even know who I am. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's bring it back a little, you know, and stop mm-hmm. shaming myself for those things and just get to the heartbeat of who I am. And let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> so man, like I thought I would have learned these things long ago. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I detoured, but anyway, in this off season of being, um, like planting seeds in a lot, a lot of new places, mm-hmm. um, which has been a gift because you can't always be cultivating, growing a million things. Mm-hmm. I think we can over our lifetime, but I, I've kind of become aware that mm-hmm. I really need to be intentional about doing a thing at a time sometimes. Yep. 
and it was hard to dive into things that were not being monetized. Mm -hmm. And again, just once in a while, you know, Holy Spirit gives me these phrases and it was just like, not everything worth investing in is going to make you money right away. Mm -hmm. It's just not, or Mm -hmm. may never make you money, but Mm -hmm. it's still worth investing in if I'm asking you to. Yeah. Do you have faith for that? And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh man, okay, let's do this podcast. I'm going to start writing this book that's been in my heart to write, even Mm -hmm. though I don't think like, does anyone want to read it? Like all of yeah. these little voices in your head yeah. that want to take that, they yell, they're just so much louder than mm-hmm. everything else, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, in this, in this season, we've just really been investing in some new spots, planting seeds in new spots and, mm-hmm. you know, potty training our babies and going, Hey, what yep. I do off stage is as important yeah. as on stage. And if I want to be winning on stage, I better be winning off stage. Thank you to Grove for sponsoring this episode. Small changes really do add up. There are a few simple swaps you can make in your home to say goodbye to single-use plastic with sustainable swaps from Grove. By now, you know how much we love Grove Collaborative, the online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. I had no idea that a simple change to my toweling in my kitchen could be so easy. Grove's sustainable swap set has everything you need to get started, such as a bamboo straw set, reusable sandwich and snack bags, a reusable glass hand soap dispenser, and a walnut scrubber sponge. And for a limited time, my listeners get all of this for free with your first purchase from Grove. Join me and the thousands of others who are helping the environment with Grove's sustainable swaps. Now for a limited time, listeners who go to grove.co slash she get the Grove sustainable swap set free with purchase. Plus, you'll get free shipping and a free 60-day VIP trial. Go to grove.co slash she for this exclusive offer. Again, that's grove.co slash she. Totally. Oh, I love that. That's so good. If like, I think we can so focus on where we're on and then we can kind of shut off in these areas that are unseen. It's like, those are the places we need to know how to show up first. I always say you really can't do the extraordinary things well until you learn to show up for the not so cool, not so glamorous Mm. everyday things, like the things that aren't applauded or seen or, you know, glamorized or whatever. And I, you know, really love that you just, that you touched on that because I think we forget that a lot. And the meaningfulness of that and even what you were sharing about investing in things that you don't see a direct, you know, uh, I guess fruit or reward from immediately, um, or taking the risk to like, I feel like it's been the really, a really weird season in a similar way where I've kind of described it as a little bit of a slingshot season. Um, Mm. ironically, like there's been so much like, you know, you know what it's like to release a record, right? So it may be the most comparable thing for me would be like releasing a book. Um, that seems like a huge, like, growth season. And in some ways it is, but on the inside and behind the scenes, I've actually been through a massive season of what I call like pruning. Like I feel like God has been giving me freedom Mm. to let go of things that I've held on to because I thought I was obligated to, or because Mm. I thought like that was the only way I could minister to people or whatever the lies that you kind of begin to believe are where you begin to do things almost from a place of like obligation or just need for finances rather than from a place of like overflow and obedience. And so it's been a really interesting Oof, season yes. of like mm. pulling back and almost like making and doing less to ultimately be yes. able to do more. <laughs> um, but it's yes, like an investing. Rest. Yeah, so exactly. Right. Like stewarding the book, but normally like normal Enneagram 3J would be like, okay, and then the next month we're going to launch this and then we're going to do that. And I'm still <laughs> kind of doing those things, but they aren't necessarily like happening in a rushed sense. I'm like, I have Mm. one or two behind the scenes projects that I want to really nail. Like I want to do them so well, better than I've ever done anything before outside of the book because the book really (laughs) took a long time. But you know, it's like, man, I have been such a fast mover and always kind of feeling that urgency that I'd never been like, hmm, maybe it's okay not to actually make anything right now or to really be intentional about taking my time and doing it right and getting the feedback. You know what I mean? And it's like, it feels so counterintuitive to my nature, but it's like, I can so feel God on it. It's so interesting and it's so freeing, but also so hard, Mm. (laughs) you know? It really, really is because the feelings you're having are real. (laughs) Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of who you are. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. I said the same thing to Chris, because the the strange thing is our Tuesday to Thursday is pretty maintained Mm -hmm. like that. We have that routine down, but not playing on weekends by Sunday night Mm -hmm. when I hadn't had like a quote unquote win, Mm -hmm. you know, like I hadn't had a show, hadn't made money, hadn't whatever. The thing that was giving me kind of this like boost, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I hit a pretty down moment every Sunday and I started to identify it like this is my kind of crash a little Mm. bit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. I don't need to pretend that's not happening, which I do Mm -hmm. like until I explode. And then I tell Chris like, oh my goodness, Mm. you know, but then it was like, okay, like it's okay to feel those things and all this, but then how do I kind of get through this in a healthy way? Like what does a healthy hustle look like? Mm. You know, because you and I both love to achieve and get things done and go for our dreams, which is really awesome. But Mm -hmm. it's like, how do I stay healthy in that hustle? And I think it's just like what you said. It's really hard to thrive when you're striving. Mm. Yeah, You know what I mean? For me anyway. Like without a break. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And oh man, I'll just tell this one story. Like we so we became Love in the Outcome and did it just the two of us, like footloose and fancy free, just literally nothing holding us back mm. and just went for it. We lived in our Jetta. I don't know if I mentioned that, but <laughs> when we actually decided to ditch the backup plans and tour Canada, we literally sold our condo and everything in it. Mm. And we got in our Jetta and lived as cheap as we could and just made money from album sales and kept going. Mm. And um, when we got to Nashville, signed the record deal, we kind of kept that going and just the pace even increased. Mm. And then I had Milo and then accidentally not, God wasn't surprised. I was, um, I got pregnant, you know, when Milo was nine months old and wow. it wasn't intentional. And I was like, okay, you need a bigger vehicle. How yeah. are we going to do this? Yeah. And I remember walking up and down my street because we'd been offered a tour that was literally the dream tour. Hmm. Um, but it would mean hitting the road when Ziggy was, um, he would have been about eight weeks old. Hmm. And I was nursing and just trying to do all the things, you know, and trying to do them all really well. And just, yeah, anyway, the hormones are real. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, we felt, we both felt peace to accept the tour, but I went to battle with myself and with the Lord over what that would look like Mm. because I started freaking out. And like, literally I wrote, I mean, I have my journal in front of me and I wanted to reference what I actually wrote down. And it was like, God, I don't want to fail at this. I don't want to mess up nursing Ziggy because I'd had a tough time with Milo. Mm. But I feel like we're supposed to take this tour. I don't want to barely survive. And just super clearly, like Mm. the Lord made, he's like, you're going to thrive on this tour if you're really just drawing from me and Mm. you're just letting go of everything else and just posturing myself in that place. And so learning to anyway, do the healthy hustle well, because there are those times that like you have to do your book tour, you hit it hard, you know, and we're tired, but how does the soul stay in a place of thriving even when we're tired? Yeah. So anyway, have you ever heard the term holy hustle? Oh, that's great. No. Okay. So I saw it somewhere and I don't know if this is like a legit thing or not, but I saw somewhere somebody posted, holy hustle is working hard without shame and resting without guilt. And I was like, oh, that like gives me shivers (laughs) because that's that's the struggle. Like, especially as someone who's achievement oriented and doesn't want to fail at anything, right? Like I don't want to fail at my marriage because I'm chasing Mm. my career and I have this like narrative in my head that I could or I don't want to fail at my parenting because I'm you know accepting an opportunity because that also can become a narrative or I don't want to fail God because I'm you know pursuing music and not this or whatever the thing is and it's like wait a second that fear of failure I think can drive us to both work hard but then feel shame for actually going after those opportunities in the seasons that we need to or mm. to feel guilty when we take the time to rest. Like even this past weekend, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was a holiday weekend and we spent a few a few days like pretty much unplugged. Like it was it was weird. I'm like, wait a second. I haven't done this in a while because I had come off book tour mm. and I was still stewarding that. And I was like, I should be doing something. Wait, no, this is good. You know, and reminding myself hmm. not to feel guilt that it's okay for three days to like eat what you want, relax, go to the pool, Mm. like be sunburned, you know, (laughs) like just do that. Because even a lot of my travel is like for work as you probably experienced too. So anyways, I just love that holy hustle definition. I think that's kind of, or another way to say it would be healthy hustle. That is great. Hmm. I'm going to literally remember that and write it on my mirror and every mirror. Yeah, (laughs) same. I need to. Realizing I was a three, I think the biggest uncovering was shame. I didn't even really identify that that was the voice in my head, Mm, which sounds crazy now. I'm like, how did I not know? I literally thought that was how God spoke to me. Hmm. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I, my dad was my basketball coach. You play basketball too. Look at us. (laughs) All the things in in common. (laughs) 
I was reading your book and I'm like, oh man, I'm having tea with my best friend. This is nuts. Um, I just related on so many levels to you, but yeah. And so my dad is, I mean, he's, he booked my shows in the early days. We were, we're an amazing team, but he just pushed me so hard because he knew what I was capable of. Hmm. But that was literally, I interpreted that as, you know, my father on earth, my father in heaven, that must be Hmm. how God talks to me. Just Hmm. kind of shaking his finger and going, do better. You can go harder. You Hmm. can like, let's get better at that next time. Hmm. Like things that, you know, from a basketball coach are legit, but like from the father, that's just not how he Hmm. speaks to me. And literally I had a moment where Holy Spirit was like, I whisper, Hmm. I whisper to you. And a whisper is something that you only do with someone, you know, well, it's intimate. Yeah. I want Mm. you to be close enough to hear my whispers. I don't want to yell across the room. Mm -hmm. Like then we're not very tight. Yeah. You know, like everyone hears that. Yeah. But when I'm whispering to you, it's this intimate moment between me and you. That's how I speak to you. Mm. And I cannot even tell you like identifying that shame, not being the voice of God, but being my voice of shame in my, in my Mm. own head was just so massive for me. Mm. Just back to that holy hustle thing. (laughs) You know, what's interesting is I feel like I almost, I I really want to speak to this from both angles because it's interesting that that's kind of how your shame was manifested or kind of came about. Um, because I think in my experience for a while, um, I think my shame was actually the opposite. Like I am such a hard worker. And like, I remember when I was in high school, my basketball coach wanted me to get stronger because I wasn't very big or tall. Um, like I was tall and then I just stopped growing at age like 13. So the size I am now was the size I am, or I was when I was 12, which at 12 felt really big. And now I'm like a very average size person. But anyways, um, by the time I got to high school basketball, a lot of the girls had gotten a lot taller and, but I was scrappy. Like I was the girl falling (laughs) out all the time. And, um, anyways, so I, And I was like the box out queen. And so anyways, all that to say, my basketball coach this summer before, I think it was my senior or my junior year, he was like, hey, I want you to do 80 push-ups a day. I don't know why 80, but 80 push-ups a day every day for the whole summer, which I'm like, he used to coach men's basketball. So I just don't know if he like didn't make the correlation. But me, I'm like. I was going to say 80 (laughs) push-ups. I I did like 13,000 push-ups in six months or something. It was insane. And my mom was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yep, just doing my pushups like every single night. And, but that is so my personality. I mean, I am just like, Mm. I will like, I will reach the goal someone set for me, or that's like, I want to reach the standard that I think is expected Mm -hmm. of me. Um, so anyways, my point is I've always been just like such a hustler, so scrappy. Like I will make it happen. I will box others out to get the rebound, like in life and in basketball, if I'm not careful. Um, but anyways, that, that said, you know, I think almost from an opposite viewpoint, because that's my nature, that's something I always took pride in for a while. And I actually like loved Mm. about myself. And then I feel like when I really started to grow in my faith, I felt like the Mm. message I got was like no be quiet like be still like let like don't you know almost as like a woman I felt ashamed of my ambition like I Mm, should just definitely felt that too you know what I mean it was like the weirdest thing so then I was like okay like I'll try to be like the prayer like I literally tried to talk like my grandma like I would post on Instagram and I would call people sweet friends I never call people sweet friends I looked back at like how I was trying to talk because I was trying to be like the image to what I thought like Mm. God would want me to be, even though he clearly created me a certain way. And I talked like in a way that I didn't talk in real life. I said things that I never would say. Like I tried to fit this image of someone who was just sitting there eating bonbons, reading her Bible, mm, so quiet and content yep. as a housewife. And that's not me. And I was like, Jay, and I was so miserable. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? You know, but I had shame thinking God doesn't want mm. me to reach goals or be ambitious, you know? Yep. So yep. it was kind of yep. from the opposite angle. Like I kind of took on this narrative of like, this is what a Christian woman is. And mm. it was a huge yes. lie. And it was actually holding me back from achieving and living, I think, ultimately what I was made to do. And I think it was a huge learning curve, but I just had to say that because I think it's interesting that almost you had the opposite experience, but both I think can be shame that ultimately holds us back and causes us to, I guess, falsify. And that's totally the three probably in us, that image, you know, conscious person. But I think we can think like, oh, God doesn't want me to do this. Maybe because someone spoke that into us or because of an experience with a coach or a pastor or a mentor or somebody else. And so I love that we kind of have different experiences Mm. with that because I think there's women in both situations. I totally agree. And Mm. isn't it funny? Like those, 
those words that people say they just stick like cement. Like yeah. why does why do those things stick? I know. And like living in the truth and living in like the beauty is so much harder. Mm. You know? Yeah. But oh, yeah, I feel so you. True. I feel like I've been on both ends of that spectrum of shame. And that's just been I mean, I remember Oprah saying once and it just stuck with me on one of her podcasts, just the disease to please. Hmm. Who said this? Wait, who said this? Oprah. Oh, good old Oprah. I didn't know you said it first. It's a a real thing. It is a disease to please. And you're right, because I I can identify with that. Like Mm. the more I started posting, the more I would look back and go, I don't talk like that. Like yeah. that's not how I would talk to my best friend. I yeah. did that to try and please people or say what I thought they wanted me yep. to say. Yep. Not what I actually thought I needed to say. And mm-hmm. I kind of want to speak out into what needs to be said, not just satisfying what people want to yes. hear. That has been the story and, of my life recently. And it's really, it, I think it always can come with some like, especially when you're kind of living has half of yourself for a while. Um, yes, or when you're kind of sure. not masking, you're masking a little bit of maybe where you, who, how you really talk or who you really are. Um, yeah. And I think that can then rock the boat and people are like, wait, this isn't who you are when you start actually owning your God-given voice and, you know, how you actually are made. And you're like, well, actually it is. I've just kind of been living a lie. Sorry. (laughs) Maybe not a lie, but like I've not been truly authentic because I thought that I needed Mm. to be X or Y. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just pulling back the layers, right? Yeah. Like it's just such a process. I was talking to my mom about that the other day because she kind of stumbled onto the Enneagram when I did and she's turning 60 this July. Mm. And she's like, Chode, I don't know if it was um, like generational or what, but she's like, I feel like me and my girlfriends are just going through what you and your girlfriends are going through. Mm. And I don't know if it was because it was such a um, a time where everything was built, especially on like serving and like my mom wasn't encouraged to pursue a career, even though she wanted to. And, hmm. you know, and although she loved raising babies, that was only part of the picture, but yeah. she didn't ever see the full picture. And so even like her going to the Enneagram trying to go, I don't know what I am. I think I'm a two, but hmm. that's just because I've helped people my yeah. whole life. You know, so I think it's just, yeah, year by year, layer by layer, we just kind of get a little bolder and braver and more okay with who we are and, mm. and who we're becoming. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ugh. so true. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could like sit here for hours and just talk yes. I, I hope it serves so many women. I can't wait to hear the feedback, but it's so true. It's like, uh, and mm. I mean, I think we can just put ourselves into these, even like what you were sharing about your mom. Like we can say, well, this is what I've always done. So this must be who I am. If that makes sense. Like, this is all I know about myself. And we, it sometimes takes deep work to really get to the root of things when you're just used to doing things a certain way, whether or not that's like aligned with the way God made you or not, you know? Um, Yeah. Agreed. So good. Okay. I have a couple other questions that I kind of want to dive into. I know I don't want to keep you too long, but I'm curious. um, We started to touch on this and then we kind of talked about a lot of other amazing things, but I want to kind of go back to something talking about this long way is not the wrong way and a little bit on this nonlinear journey, because I think this is really powerful. Has your music career, even though it may have taken a long time and it's been slow growth, would you say that's been like a straight line for you? Or would you say there's been like ebbs and flows or like ups and downs kind of maybe paint that picture a little bit more, um, touching on what you were sharing before. Sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So many ups and downs. Um, <laughs> it's hard to even know where to start. My first, um, huh, I sang in a hairbrush. I mean, and now it's a real microphone, but it really starts there. Like <laughs> yeah. my mom literally says that she picked me up from Sunday school and asked how I was. And they're like, she's really well behaved. But you know, when we ask everyone to stand up for worship, she turns to her classmates and says like, can you all sit down and listen to my new song? And it's like, that pretty much sums it up. Like I have always been that person. And in some ways I'm really, I'm pumped that I had the guts somehow mm. to keep being a kid and keep um, tapping back into what I feel I was made to do. Hmm. Um, at the time I only saw it as singing. Hmm. Like that was what I was passionate about performing and singing. That's Hmm. as as deep as it went. Now, um, several years later and lots of work and lots of singing and performing, I realize it's really, that's part of it, but that's the vehicle to just communicating. Yeah. I just love to communicate. Um, that's my favorite thing. And so anyway, yeah, it's just, um, I, I said yes to singing jingles. I think my first paycheck, um, when I was in high school came from singing like a comfy couch commercial. Um, uh, I got paid $50. <laughs> that's and awesome. I was just like so stoked about it. And I just literally was trying to 
say yes to anything that got me a step Hmm. closer to what I didn't even know was my dream, but I knew I just was passionate about singing and performing and that God put that in me from when I was small Hmm. and I was chasing it. I was just chasing it. And I pursued my own solo career in Canada, which was just a pop mainstream career. I had a few songs get on the radio, but ultimately, um, not a ton of success there. Hmm. Like I'd probably have to call that a failure, Hmm. but it wasn't in that. And I used to be like, oh man, I wish this, I wish that, I wish I would have moved to Nashville sooner. How can we even really say that stuff? Mm -hmm. Like all of those were just tool belts building moments, Mm -hmm. like just learning how to sing, learning how to communicate, learning how to steward what God was actually saying to me and then communicate that truth and just a whole bunch of things. So, um, so many ups and downs. And I met my manager through that process, which was incredible. I've been with him for 15 years since then. Um, so anyway, and just trying to really find my voice. Yeah. I think I'm still, I'm still in that place. Um, as we talk about uncovering layers of ourselves, just, you can't really find your voice until you use it. Yeah. And you That's really, the, use yes, it. I wish I could like, can we just turn, can you say it like 10 more times? I'm going to turn the volume <laughs> up right here at this part. <laughs> yes. Uh, because it's hard to really be yourself and courageously put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I sing cover songs in bars, three set cover nights where I would literally sprinkle in two of my own songs and sing 10 of someone else's. Mm-hmm. And I would constantly sing everybody else's and fight, 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 fight the whole set doing my own. And on the mm. odd night, I got the courage to do it. I would do it. And whether I was in a bar or a church or wherever I was, mm. it was a goosebump moment for me and the people there. Even if it was only five people, yeah. those five people, um, without fail, commented on that song. Mm. And so just learning how to be myself on this journey of trying to achieve my dreams yeah. um, has been so huge. And I'm still in the middle of it. And then combined forces with Chris and trying to figure out how to steward the dream together, but not mm. lose ourselves Yeah, because Chris is a nine. He's a bass player. He, okay. This is um, so funny. My husband's a nine too. Just FYI. Is he really? I to throw that in there. Yeah. Goodness. That's <laughs> hilarious. We all need to hang out. What the heck? <laughs> um, seriously, that would be amazing. We would love it so much. Um, because, okay, just a side note, like I realized it's really important to surround yourself with people mm-hmm. that walk alongside you and like say, go girl. And like, you know, it's just so huge. And I think that was the main reason we had to eventually move. We eventually Mm. hit a ceiling in Canada where we went, I, I don't know how to go from here. We'd spent Mm. all of our resources, all our money. We sold the condo and spent it all, um, on my record. Um, that ended up doing nothing. Um, Mm. Chris's mom got stomach cancer and went to be with the Lord on our seventh anniversary And we Mm. literally were left holding nothing, like Mm. nothing to nothing to show Mm. for everything we had done. Nothing. Mm. And in that moment, I was literally like, did I hear you wrong? Mm. Like, God, did I get this totally wrong? Mm. Like, oh, talk about the long road. And it just it wasn't even just the long road at that point. It was a dead end. Mm. That's what it felt like. We canceled a year's worth of shows, which at that point, there was no mailbox money from songwriting. It was 100% gig-based. And we just canceled it all. We had sold our place in Winnipeg to move to the U.S., and it felt like coming back with our tail between our legs. But Mm. it was absolutely what we wanted to do to be with Chris's mom and spend the last couple months with her. Mm. And then we just lived in his parents' basement for a year Mm. and grieved. And Chris grieved um, silently. So being married to him, never having gone through that before and wanting to like process and talk about things. So that wasn't where he was at all. Mm -hmm. It was like a pretty massive thing. We've been married seven years and it just, it literally felt like I, everything is sort of before and after that moment Mm -hmm. in our life. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, it was a long road. We sat there and I literally just had to learn how to be, a patient wife who put Chris and his process before me, Mm. which was hard. I wasn't very good at being selfless. Mm. Um, And I live in the future. I live into the future all the time. And this was not a time. It was not a time for that. Mm. Like, and we couldn't see it. Mm. We could not see anything. We went pretty much broke, uh, maxed the credit cards and just thought it was the end. Um, And, and it was the end of something, Mm. but it was the beginning of something else. And, that has been so big for me. Like now I can live even on my worst day. I can go, God, I know that sometimes I need to let things die for new things to start. Yes. 
And I know that that's true now. And Mm. Chris's mom, I mean, as much as that was probably the worst thing that had ever happened in our life and in Chris's life, that was the lens we saw it through in that moment. Um, We literally could not and would not be love in the outcome. It was a renaming, a rebirthing Mm. on every level. Mm. Um, And so we said it was kind of laying out that blanket and going, God, Um, If you want us to do this, and we really did hear you right, Mm. you need to make it so clear. Like, Mm. please. Like, we just had, it was literally um, lamenting prayers. It was prayers of anger. It was Mm. prayers that were tears, prayers of silence. I'm like a glass half full girl. But Mm. in those moments, I learned that prayer could be all these different postures, Mm. you know, And so it was just, yeah, we laid it down. And about a year later, um, we got the most random tour opportunity to go to the Philippines where they'd been playing our music, which I did not know. And we went with a keyboard and a guitar and I, they are such an incredible worshiping culture. Mm. Um, They knew all of our songs when I did not have a voice to sing because I was still so stuck in the grief and the unknown of this unrealized dream Mm. and just feeling so worthless they sang us they sang us back to life Mm. and God just kind of kept opening door after door we opened for this big you know Christian tour which we weren't even pursuing Christian music we were pursuing Mm. being indie cool kids and that was not who we were Mm. at all and God opened some other doors for us and so yeah, talk about the long road and the dead end and the the detours um, that end, ended up setting us up for the road we're on now. And it felt like 10 years of being broke and being purposeful wanderers. We were purposeful in the pursuit of our dream, but we were wandering to find it. Like mm-hmm. we did not know our next step. Yeah. Felt so lost and felt like 10 years of that to lead to 10 months of signing a record deal and moving to Nashville and going, oh my word, mm-hmm. like I can't even believe this just happened. Mm. Talk about the dream come true. Mm. And, um, and then, yeah, so it's been, we have been all over the shop and for people that you're right, just see the Instagram or just see the big tours or whatever, like our normal was playing for 10 people Mm. and and not knowing if we'd ever do it again. Yeah. I can relate to that season that you just shared kind of feeling like, uh, now what, you know, like, did we get it wrong? Um, in a different way, yeah. but just very much with my husband's NFL journey, like we thought that was our dream. Like that was the thing mm. we started dating. And when we started dating, that was the goal. And I kind of made his dream my dream. Cause I didn't really know what my dreams were. You know, I was like, yeah, uh, I don't sure. really, I was still finishing up my degree and I was like, I don't really like my degree. I'm kind of creative, but I don't really know what I want to do. And hmm. so the NFL kind of became our thing and football became our life. It was like faith, family and football were like our things, you know? And hmm. I, it, it was like, I went with him through that process and you know, he got cut like literally two weeks before our wedding day. And we were both kind of shell shocked, like, uh, wow. what are we going to do? <laughs> uh, how's wow. this going to work? And in the same yeah. way, we kind of packed up our possessions, which were literally just wedding gifts. We didn't have furniture or anything else at that point in our lives and, um, hmm. packed it into a storage unit and drove across the country and moved back to his hometown, which was in Phoenix, Arizona. And we, he, we needed to move there because he was still trying to see if he should still keep pursuing that dream, you know, and if he should keep going for it. And that was his best place to do it because he had family and his coaches and his training and everything there. So we lived with his grandparents for a while, which was really tough on the first couple months of marriage. We had only been married a couple weeks and they're amazing, but it was like, we didn't have our own space. It was just tough. And, um, then within a week of being there, and we moved in a very critical season. He was trying to prepare for um, like an upcoming showcase where he could probably get picked up again. That was kind of the goal is like pursue it for another six months to a year just because I he had already kind of broken in, you know. And um, a week or a week after we moved there for the whole purpose of training for that, he had an emergency surgery, appendicitis, and the doctor told him like you can't lift anything over 10 pounds for the next six to eight weeks. And that was like the most critical part of his training. And it was just like, it kind of was enough to knock us off our feet. Um, And then in the midst of all that, you know, he eventually got back on his feet, didn't really get to, you know, train like he wanted to. It just felt like a really hard closed door. And it made us start thinking like, are we on the wrong path here? You know, and it's that same feeling. But, you know, it ended up being such a blessing to be there, even though we kind of started questioning, like, why are we there? And I was just hustling to make ends meet and work. I was like doing photography gigs and like doing part time contract work and blogging a little and like just trying to figure it out. And um, Mm. he that same, you know, we were there for no more than 
probably eight months. But during that time, um, his uncle and his grandfather, who he was very close to, both passed away within a month or so of each other. And so wow. we realized like, man. And so we were just kind of knocked off our feet for a while. We were like, what are we doing? You know, and then oh, then you have yeah. that grief kind of paired like with it. And it kind of made us realize like those big dreams we have that seem so glamorous and so like you think they're what God has for you and like that's the platform we're supposed to have. We realized like how big of a platform we actually had just by being present with his family, doing the unglamorous Mm. things of like sitting by his grandfather's bed as he passed away, you know, like and like mourning that and how much meaning was in that and then how much that experience and going through all that has now actually given us a story to tell and has allowed us to discover new dreams. Like you said, like this new thing can be birthed. And so Mm. I think we start thinking like this is the end. Like we have no money. We have no idea what we're doing. Like we're we're grieving now. Like all these doors have closed. Like did we get it wrong? And in yep. so many ways, I feel like now I look back, I'm like, I don't think we ever got anything wrong. I think we just had to learn through the long ways, like you said, and yeah, um, yeah. be open to the lessons that we're going to learn along the way. So anyways, so all that true. to say, <laughs> I just can relate no, a little I'm bit to that story you. in some ways because yeah, it's a little similar. Huge. Yeah. And it's so easy, like, I don't know that even that word detour, but like, man, I just have my journal in front of me and I, I wrote down. Oh, many Februarys ago, like obstacles are detours in the right direction. Mm. It, it's like they really can just—they're so necessary. They're mm. just so necessary. Mm. But who wants who wants to be in those places? It's not fun mm. to be there. You want to just be reaching your goals and dreaming and mm. and kind of going for it. But mm. I realized too, like, kind of just there's a theme in my life lately of God really pairing together the practical and the spiritual Hmm. and kind of going, yeah, here's your dream, but now how are you walking it out? And Hmm. yes, I've given you this dream in your heart. I put it there. I tell you that I'll do more than you ask or imagine, Hmm. but what what does that mean? Practically speaking, what, what part do I play? Hmm. You know, cause there's these steps that only God can take. I really do believe that, but then there's steps that only I can take. And it's like, we make the path together. And I, I don't know if that sounds weird because um, no. I get it. We all grew up in really different ways and religion, not not religion, church, like mm-hmm. all different backgrounds. So mm-hmm. like I'm sensitive to that fact that it can sound weird, but I really do feel like God has been speaking to me about that. Like mm-hmm. I gave you the dream and now let's walk this out together. What are mm-hmm. the steps that you surround that dream with, you know? Mm-hmm. And because I think sometimes just as a girl growing up in church, I just thought, okay, I'm a singer. Yeah. Amazing. God gave me this dream. Incredible. I'm just going to sing and it's just going to happen. He's just going to send me all these opportunities. And before you know it, and it's like, that was just not my path. Hmm. And I think part of going, I'm okay with the long way is going, I'm okay with the fact that we're making this path together and Hmm. I need to put the work in. Yeah. Um, And I mean, we're achievers. I've never minded hard work, but Anyway, it's just, it's been an interesting season of that. I even like the other day I was on a walk and I was being so hard on myself. I had looked in the mirror in the morning and I mean, like the squishy belly button to the like bags under my eyes. And especially you probably feel this, like when I'm tired and then I have to get on stage, Hmm. it can feel so rotten. I'm just like, oh, what people see right now, like they thought I looked like this, maybe from an Instagram picture. Now I'm on stage. I cannot cover up these bags for the life of me. And just all all the things. Like, mm-hmm. why do we only see the things we don't like? But that's just yeah. sometimes how it is, mm-hmm. especially when I'm tired and weak and in ego. And mm-hmm. um, and God was like, I love you, mm-hmm. but do you love yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, shoot. Yeah. Like, here we go again. The, here's the spiritual and the practical paired together. Mm-hmm. I can pray till I'm blue in the face mm-hmm. to feel God's love, to feel his presence, to feel accepted, to feel known. But those are promises I've been given. Yeah. If I want to stand on that promise, I probably need to start replacing the lie with the truth and like putting practical things in place to yeah. really live in that truth. Yep. And I think for the longest time, I just didn't know how to do that. It was like when I was in business mode, I was in business yes. mode. When I was in spiritual mode, I was in spiritual mode. Oh my gosh, I yes. didn't know how to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And because it takes listening and it takes surrender. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to go, go, yeah. go, go, go. Mm-hmm. So I really anyways, that a lot. I mean, that's really been really, a theme of even just as I've really clarified where God's leading my brand and just being open to that. And, you know, one big thing that I've kind of learned, especially really owning my own voice rather than trying to make it sound like other voices that I admire or whatever. Um, sure. You know, one big thing that I've come to realize, and I love that you said the spiritual and the practical, because, you know, 
I thought that the only way to ever be biblical <laughs> was to make everything about the Bible, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and what oh, I realized yes. was actually like some people will be like, well, you don't really put out a biblical content anymore. And I kind of giggle. I'm like, actually, pretty much everything that I say is rooted <laughs> in biblical <laughs> principles. Just because yes. I'm not doing a Bible study, it doesn't mean that. And so I think that was mm. like you said, like you can go, oh, I'm in spiritual mode. So I'm teaching a Bible study on that. And it's like, hold on. If you are living your life rooted in what you claim yeah. to be truth, um, then that ought to play out practically in how you live and how you speak. Like, even if it's not directly about the Bible, you're not directly reading verses as you're like living this out. Right. And so, yes. um, that's been a really big, like, Hey, it's really been healthy for me to look at it through that lens. Cause it takes a little yes. bit of the pressure off, I think. Um, but it yes. also like, it allows me to walk in the gifting and the type of voice that I have. That's kind of like, conversational and all those things but mm -hmm. I used to feel that same like this is my spiritual box and this is my business box and this is my this box and I actually yep. wasn't able to go hang on actually these things can all work together and it, I can still build a brand biblically build a business biblically write biblically and do everything with a God-honoring heart even if it's not outrightly you know 100% about the Bible all the time or 100% totally. in prayer mode like I'm blue in the face like you shared no it's been it was actually a major culture shock and a tough thing to go okay mm. God like your hand has so clearly opened these doors yeah. and I'm thankful for Elaine if yes. I'm being honest I'm really thankful for a way to monetize this that we've worked super hard for this is a gift yeah how do I serve here mm -hmm. how do I serve well within this platform and this label but still be myself mm. how do I I write a song that can work on Christian radio, but make sure that the truth that I'm singing about is also my truth. It's also what yes. I've experienced. It's yes. also the way I would say it within this box. And I'm going to tell you, like, this has been hard. This mm -hmm. has been really hard for us. Um, the live show easier because you get on stage and then it's just as much about your testimony and your story, yeah. your journey. And so then I feel like it's really authentic, but there are times where I feel like I'm living a double life. It's like, mm -hmm. goodness sakes, like, on one hand, I've dug so deep with the Lord and just mm -hmm. in life and on trying to figure out who I am on one hand. On the other hand, I'm only able to go an inch deep sometimes. Yeah. And on, on the songs that I'm singing on radio that, and so it's challenging. Yes. It's, it's this tension it of trying to serve well and be grateful and not trying to try to in any way embody an attitude that says I'm better. Yeah. Cause that's not, I'm no better if I think I'm better, like right. Sakes, right. what on earth, like that's not what I'm trying to do. And this is where God has put us for right now. But mm. at the same time to go, God, you are giving us new dreams always mm -hmm. and help me not to limit myself, even though I'm within a bit of a limited communication space, mm -hmm. help me not to limit how I'm growing and developing these other things that you're asking me to do. So I, I'm right in the middle of, of all of that, mm. um, but it's where we are and we're just yeah. trying to do it well. Hmm. I so relate. Well, I think this is going to serve so many different women in different walks of life, pursuing different dreams, trying to navigate that, maybe feeling shame from one area or another or, another, or feeling hmm. like, how does this all work together and how yeah. do I take the pressure off and what if it's taking too long? I mean, I feel like we just covered so many good things. I'm mm. so encouraged and so grateful. And I know we are well over an hour now, which I am totally fine with. This is just like value packed, <laughs> so relatable. I mm. love it so much. But for the sake of time, can you, let's just wrap up and, um, can you just tell everyone where they can find you and maybe leave them with like one little word of encouragement if they find themselves in that season of like, this is the end, or this is taking way too long. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I'm the one, me and my husband are the ones that do all of our social media posting just because it's too precious. Mm. Um, I used to hate, um, the pressure of posting until I was like, what if I just loved people mm. and what if I let them yeah. love me back? Could yeah. this be? Mm. And it changed everything, you know? And so I take that part seriously. So you can find us on Instagram. It's just love and the outcome one word spelled out. And mm. it's the same on Facebook and it's the same. Um, our website is loveintheoutcome.com. Twitter is shorter because our name is too long for Twitter. So it's love mm. and outcome on Twitter. And uh, you can find us in those spots, our podcast as well, um, all the places. But um, our latest song that just came out, just like wherever you like download and stream music and stuff is called You Got This. Mm. And um, I just really, I was having a morning. I was trying to hustle and get out the door to our first writing session um, with a newborn in tow. And we just kind of had to keep hustling. Mm. 
And I was trying to fit into my skinny jeans and like, I could not get them like over my hips. And I was like, great. And I was just, I had poop on my shirt and like Chris had made me a coffee. This is hundred percent true. Spilled it all over myself. And I was just having a moment and I have gotten pretty comfortable, like yelling at the Lord because he can handle it and stuff. And (laughs) so I just yelled. I was like, you got this because I'm falling apart. And I just yelled, you got this. And Chris was like shaving or something in the bathroom. He's like, babe, babe, that's your song. Like, hmm. write it down. I'm like, okay. So we just went into the <laughs> Okay, studio. poop on my shirt. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, I'll write about the mess being our message. I guess that's yeah. what I'm writing about hmm. um, and letting people see that. And hmm. so anyway, that it's kind of been just our journey, just letting people see our mess and knowing that like confidence is not having it all together. It's admitting you don't and hustling anyway, and just going after it. And so that's what the song is all about. Mm. And I think people might be like women listening, maybe that can be like on your workout playlist or something, because mm. it's pretty authentic and real, um, <laughs> no matter what stage of life you are, just life is messy. Mm. And that's the message we all can can share with people. Mm. So just just kind of, you got it, just it's, stick with it. Yeah, own your own your small beginnings and the, and the mess and the scrappiness along the way. I think that's what really shapes us in so many ways. So totally love it well thank you so much for being on Jody. it's been such a pleasure and I just I can't wait to hear how many women are blessed by by this and your heart and your message it's really an honor right back at you girl I can't even tell you this has been the best morning thank you I'd love to hear from you it makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show so if you're on Instagram let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. seen all the video call fails by now the mute button mishaps the cat cameos people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off but none of this makes fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy bitsy baby duck how do i turn this thing off it's too late fred it's too late when you realize it's better to do business in person it matters where you stay welcome to the hilton garden Inn, fred the meeting room is right down the hall hilton for the stay